And we are back live here on the SodaPod YouTube channel with our second guest of the show, Neil Villapiano, the Devil State of Mind podcast and the Hockey Podcast Network YouTube channel. Neil, how's it going? It is going well, my friends. Um, uh, as always, I'm excited to be on the podcast talking with you guys. Hoppy, it's it's been a while since I last seen you, buddy. Hope you're doing well, as always. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to be on and uh, just talking some hockey as usual. And yes, Isha, before yes. you ask, I got it with me. So I'm Adam here. Boy. I'm raring and ready to go. Adam yeah, let, let, let me uh, apologize in person, Neil, because I think the last time we interacted legitimately was when you were doing a, a watch along with Isha. And I was yeah. like 100 percent trolling you in the comments. And then finally, Isha told you, and you're just like, "I fuck." <laughs> in the on the DMs on Twitter, he's just like, "Neil is way too easy." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's not one of my stronger suits, but uh, it is what it is. What's going on, Andrew? Good to see you, buddy. Andrew B. Also a big fan of uh, Neil. So okay, before we get into Olympic hockey talk and just some other NHL. Uh, tidbits in the second hour of the soda stream here live on the soda pod youtube channel what are we drinking hoppy we see neil's got the villa piano wine and go back and listen to uh one of our last soda pod episodes we had neil and his father on to talk about the villa piano wine but yes. hoppy what are you drinking hey if you send that out this way neil i'll, I'll give it a try it's not beer right. I'll, I'll i'll give her a go all right um, so as you know, I probably should be just drinking water today since I did the winter beer dabbler yesterday, which was just a wonderful experience. We can get into that more, yep. but I did still pick up a four pack today and already drank one because Isha decided that we were going to wait an hour before talking about beers. So one down on my second one, Honeycomb Catacomb oh, from man. our friends at Modest. Sick can, delicious beer. Uh, so it's a, a honey double porter, Isha. Wow. Okay. And it, I don't know. I don't know how else to explain it besides exactly what you would want. It's not, it's not, it's a little sweeter than the dangerous man peanut butter porter, but it's still kind of roasty, a little sweet. Just swap the peanut butter out for honey. I love me Delightful. some honey. I love me some honey. And I, I think when we had, uh, we had them on as guests, I mentioned that one too, when we were talking about the can art and I, and I just brought up being like, how is this one? Cause this pops off the page for me like this going through their website and their list of beer. That would be the first one that, that I would want to try. So that's awesome. You can vouch for it. It's a solid beer. Oh yeah. Great beer. So I was skeptical about this one. Shane gave me uh, a pack of Spectrum Brewing's just chocolate series. There's a chocolate mint. There's a white chocolate ale. There's a milk chocolate stout, if I'm not mistaken, Shane. And there is a chocolate orange ale. I mean, the, the can art's pretty basic, Spectrum. Nice. Uh, I've had a birthday cake beer from them, which I was blown away. Very good. Subtle birthday cake um, taste to it, but it was, it was, it was quite good. I was skeptical about this one. I'm not a huge orange chocolate fan. You know those Christmas ones that you like fucking smash on the table and yep. then you can take the piece? That I mean, I'm I don't hate those, don't love them. That's exactly what this beer tastes like. So it's not Ooh. bad actually, and it's it's not too sweet, it's very faint. More chocolate than orange, which is good because I'm not a huge like I don't like too much tang. I don't like I don't like orange beers much. Um <laughs> Impressed, impressed. I'm not gonna lie. I came in. I came into this pretty pessimistic. Not gonna lie. I got a dark matter next to me that I was gonna use to cleanse the palate when it was done. But Shane, thank you very much for bringing me these Spectrum beers. Love, you know, so far two for two with Spectrum that I've tried. Very much enjoy it. Very and nice. Shane, thing the white chocolate one is the 
the stout, stout the rest the are rest ales. Are ales. Okay, okay. So there. Cool. Well, thank you very much, Shane. This is uh, like I said, I'm 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 quite impressed. It's still a little cold. It's still chill. <laughs> so there you go. There you go. So do you remember that story about Kiwisha? The microwave. Which one? What is? Oh chill? yes, it's it is chill. <laughs> Uh, that's all I can oh think of. Oh my god! Oh my god! Um, Neil, quickly for those who haven't listened to the episode yeah. <clears throat> um, talking about you know you and your family's wine, just give us the Coles notes and why they should go back and listen to that. I mean, really, what, what's great about that episode is that you know I allowed you know my dad to basically give everybody the backstory, really, of my whole family origin of how we you know decided to make wine and you know coming to this country and you know again like you know he spoke on this is immigrant wine. This is not the type of wine that you normally get at, you know, stores and things like that. This is not something you go to Martha's Vineyard for and, and make, you don't stomp on grapes like most people assume. I mean, this is just hard work and just, you know, you know, honoring the people that came to this country originally and, um, you know, made the wine. And it's really, really an awesome episode because like Isha mentioned before, it's different than a lot of the things that, uh, these two guys talk about, you know, here on the podcast. So it's kind of a little bit different thing. And it's, it's, it's honestly a tremendous, tremendous story and you learn a whole lot. So I would definitely recommend going back and listening to that episode because it is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, and that, lot, that's one that I was gone for too, Neil, which is, yeah. uh, I, I got a couple questions then. So for your family, it's obviously, I mean, really cool story when I listen back on just like how all this came to be, but Mm -hmm. For your family then, like, are you strict wine drinkers for the most part? Or does your family dabble in beer, spirits of any kind? I would say that uh, myself and my brother are the ones that definitely dabble more in the wines, the IPAs. Um, you know, I actually just had one uh, last week while I was watching the Super Bowl. Um, we actually, uh, I forgot the name of the, the company, but it was a company based in Jersey City, which is in North New Jersey near Newark. Um, they have a, uh, they have one called Brady's headache, which is basically to uh, crap on Tom Brady. We're, you know, they're all giants fans and everything, but uh, no, I would say that I, I do dabble in like IPAs. I really, really do like IPAs. I'm also like, you know, like you are as well, Hoppy. I'm a big fan of also like can designs. So I actually collect like a bunch that I have nice. like, in my room and I have set up and uh, you know, it's, it's really, really good. You know, my dad will drink one every now and then, uh, so will my mom, but uh, I would say that people that are mostly into that stuff would be either myself or my brother. But I would say to answer the question fully, I would say we are all mostly strict wine drinkers in our entire family. Sure. And are you always drinking via piano wines then, or do you venture out and try other wines too? Question. This is a good question. Cause I get, I get this question asked a lot. I would say 99.9% .9 of the time I drink the Ville piano wine. Um, Every now and then if I go out, like if I go to a wedding or something like that and they offer it, I may try it. But You don't bring your me, own bottle to a wedding? What the fuck? No, the last two weddings I've gone to, the people were like, oh, no, you can't bring your own. <laughs> so like that was already like that. Otherwise, you I, can't bring your own. I know. Yeah, I know. And it's and, and I was trying to see if I could, you know. You know, try to maneuver it a little bit. It didn't work, but it um, feels like. Do you, do you know what what family I come from? Yeah, exactly. Hey, that's exactly how. Hey. I, yeah, right. Exactly. That's uh, <laughs> that's how I introduce myself. But um, 
But no, basically, I would say I just mostly drink my own because, you know, it's what I grew up on. It's what I, I like. And, um, you know, I'm just I'm not a big fan of sweet wine. I'm just really not. And most of the wine that I've had other than my own has been, you know, really sweet. And I'm just uh, I'm just not really a big sweet wine fan myself. Yeah, I'm with you on that for sure. And now being out in New Jersey, like Italian immigrants to America, right? Yep. Are you like fans? Do you like the story of Sopranos or do you think that's all trash or how do you feel about it? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had people ask this question as well. Here's the thing. There are a lot of people that like it if they don't understand how many, uh, you know, ethnic slurs that are in it, um, you know, from an Italian perspective. Now, you know, I know a lot of people who are Italian that say, oh, they love the Sopranos, but I don't think they realize how more or less insulting it might be to actual Italian culture um, and especially Italian Americans and things like that. So, I mean, I personally never watched the Sopranos. I know that comes as a surprise to a lot of people, but I also just don't think it's, I just never thought it was as big as people put it out to be. I've watched. Well, how could how could you know if it's as big as people put it out to be if you never you watched, watched the it? pilot? At I mean, least? I've, like, wa- I've watched the pilot. Well, yes, I did watch the pilot, and I've seen clips of it from every now and then. And I mean, it's it, it, it doesn't take a rocket science to figure out what's going on here. I mean, have you ever heard the song "That's Amore"? That's like from start to finish, straight up just ethnic slurs, like just completely from start to finish. So I mean. You get kind of used to that stuff. I don't really know how the majority of this state feels about it. I would say probably it's a split, honestly. I think that it's probably 50-50. But it is pretty popular, I would say. It is pretty Fo- popular. Follow-up question then. <laughs> what's, what's the support then for the Jersey Shore sh- television show um, yep. in comparison? Yep. Do you think it's And, and what was it like being in the first season? Why did I have a feeling these type of questions were coming to me today? But um, look, you know, I've actually watched uh, a decent amount of the Jersey Shore and I hated it from start to finish. Um, (laughs) Didn't like anything about it. You have to understand that most of the people in the show are not even from Jersey. So that was the first problem with Uh, it. From from Jersey. Jersey. Oh, excuse me. Right. I live in the, I've lived in the state my whole life and I've been saying it wrong. Time. But, um, but no, I, I would, Oh dude, I, I missed you guys so much. There's no doubt about that. But, um, no, I think honestly, like there are people, again, it's just like with the Sopranos. People love it. People don't love it. Um, I think in some degrees it's given Jersey kind of a, not a bad name. It's just kind of, it just, continue to have people embrace the whole knock on Jersey armpit of America, you know, jokes that I've heard throughout my whole life. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm just not a big fan of it. Um, I've actually had the pleasure. Well, I don't know about the pleasure, but I've actually met Mike, the situation. Um, and I mean, he's really is a nice guy. Um, but I, I think that they all know that if it wasn't for that show, they really just would be just a bunch of, you know, random people that would just be, beating the crap out of each other every day and it would be it would be almost depressing to really see if it wasn't on television but um but i'm not a big fan of it i know some people that are and uh anybody outside the state that's usually some of the questions what the questions you guys have asked are some of the questions that i get almost on a daily basis all right well a less offensive one then what do you think about boardwalk empire that's pretty good I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Incredible. I mean, I, you know, Incredible. You, you know, honestly, yeah, again, the, the thing about it is that, like, 
what's funny about it is that when you watch the, if you're from the state and you watch this stuff, you have different, you have different memories about it. It brings up memories of different things, not necessarily the, the, the show itself. I was going to say, Boardwalk Empire was before any of us were born, so. That's, no, that's a fair point. And I think that would, that's better than probably the other two when it comes to just talking about the, the state and everything. But, you know, everybody has to understand New Jersey um, for a long time has been predominantly Italian. I mean, this is one of the most Italian states in the United States. And uh, there's a lot that go, you know, that we as Italians take a lot of pride in when it comes to, you know, being from the state and how many roots have been, you know, put here and things like that. And, um, you know, whenever people, you know, whether they do it to be mean or whether they do it to, on when they when they talk about Jersey, you know, people sometimes feel a certain way. Um, and I think that's where, you know, with the Devils being the only team in the state that bears the state's name, it's kind of the same thing. You 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 feel a certain way when people say things that um, about the team that you don't necessarily agree with or like to hear. And uh, you're going to get that Jersey reaction. You're going to get that Jersey response. And I think that that's something that a lot of people don't get it. It's like that episode of South Park when they talked about <laughs> the Jersey Shore and they say that it's a Jersey thing. In some degree, that's actually kind of true. It really is a Jersey thing. Yeah, no, that's fair. And I mean, when you said, like, oh, all I could think of in there when you're talking about Jersey, 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 and people's reactions is the Jersey for Martin Brodeur. Uh, we don't have to dwell on that too much. I'm sure you have similar. I mean, we could talk about it. I've, I've, I've it. had. Are you a fan? I mean, no, I'm not. Uh, okay. Because, and here's why. Here's why. The problem is, is that Devils fans have been asking for about three or four years, especially since Adidas took over, to get a black jersey. That was something that we had never dabbled in. And I had said, especially when I started doing Devil State of my podcast and people wanted to get my opinion on it, I said, look, the problem is, is this. Don't be surprised if this ends up looking rushed and it doesn't come out the way you think. Because as you guys know, you can look on social media and see a ton of graphic designers who go out there on Photoshop and, and other places and design jerseys that are absolutely out of this world amazing. We really never get exactly what we're asking for. And so the problem was is that, number one, the jersey reveal – came out as a, it came out as a leak, you know, three or four days before it was actually um, shown to the public. So we already knew ahead of time what was coming and right. we looked at it and we said, there's just so much, there, there's not enough red in this. It's like black and white. And as a lot of people pointed out, it, it definitely is a knockoff of the Blackhawks winter classic Jersey from a few years ago when they played the Boston Bruins at Notre Dame. I mean, it really, if you looked at them side by side, it's very, very similar. Um, and again, for those people that don't know, there were two teams in New Jersey that played professional hockey back in the 20s before the Devils came to an existence in the, in the uh, early 80s. And, you know, they both had jerseys very much like that. So they tried to incorporate both. The biggest issue is that, again, there was so much potential with it that it's, it just came down as a, a disappointment, I think, to a lot of people. And so I think after a while when we watched – um, them on the ice and thing. I think a lot of people started to like them. I just never really have been a fan. Um, I just really felt like that there was so much more that could have been done. I do want to give credit to the Devils 
for running with it because a lot of people made fun of it, understandably so. There was a lot of jokes out there, but they did stuff like they have a hat now that just says hat. Um, you <laughs> know, is, that was, is I, I respect they, that. Yeah, they had a the first night that they had the jersey, they were giving out shirts that literally just said shirt. And uh, we were joking about we need to have pants that say pants, socks that say socks. Um, I mean, we were we were just running with it and we call it the Jersey Jersey. That's what most people call it. Um, And I mean, look, it grew on me a little bit, but I still don't I still don't love it. I don't really like it either, but I don't hate it. I'm like very, very mixed about it. So at the end of the day, it is what it is. And luckily, you know, we're getting a, a new reverse retro jersey next year. So. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing because I think we might get a Colorado Rockies or Kansas City Scouts oh, like Scouts. Scouts would be so I, sick, dude. I think scouts. I think the Scouts would be very very good because it is still part so of the Devils' cool. history. So it. I think that would be very very cool to uh, to see. So I'm I'm yeah. looking forward to that. Maybe they'll just try to do a redo of a black oh. jersey with the reverse retro. I don't know. It's it's sure. very possible, um, but that would just be my overall opinion of the whole thing. Yeah, Dude, no, that's fair. And so I mean, nice. you talked about the the jersey itself being disappointing. Let's talk about the team this year. Like, in your personal opinion, from your expectations, yeah. do you think that this is a disappointing season? 110%. And look, I understand that COVID hit us a little bit. We've had injuries to a lot of key players. Dougie Hamilton, Mackenzie Blackwood is out probably the rest of the season. We, we haven't had Miles Wood all year. You know, Jack Hughes got hurt, was out 17, 18 games. You know, it, it's been very, very difficult. And what's frustrating, and granted, I just covered the Devils, so I don't always watch every team religiously. But it does feel like the Devils for the last year or two have gotten a lot of the bad luck you know, with COVID and injuries and just not being able, just having growth be stunt, you know, just completely not moving in the right direction. But I think when you look at the team and you look at the pieces that we added, Dougie Hamilton is as good as advertised. He was, he's tremendous. He's when he's healthy and, you know, luckily he should be back relatively soon. He's, he's practicing, he's wearing a regular Jersey, so the hope is, is that maybe by Thursday of this week, when, when we come back to play, that he actually does play because we would, we would definitely like to get him back. But the reality is simply this. We lack consistent scoring. We have maybe two or three guys in this team that could put the puck in the back of the net. We have Jack Hughes. We have Jesper Bratt. And to a lesser extent, although he has been playing better, we have Nico Heischer. The rest of the team... You know, even Tomas Tatar, who when we signed him, I thought it was a, a pretty solid deal. It just hasn't really gone the way that we expected. And then Jonathan Bernier, we thought would be that solid number one, you know, one B goaltender to Blackwood. He get he hurts his hip. He's out for the year, and he played something like seven or eight games the whole season. I mean, yeah. it was just it was awful. And there's there's a good chance he may retire because he's 34, 35 years of age and having a hip injury. I yeah. don't see how he could come back at full strength. Well, and look at Corey Black- Schneider, right? Look at his hip injuries. Yes. Yeah. 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 I knew that was going to come up, but yeah, well, Schneider was never the same. Well, hang on, hang on. Hey, let's, let's stick with that, Isha. So we're going to talk about ties between the Canucks and the devils. Sounds like there's been at least some mutterings of whether it be, yeah. Connor Garland or even Brock Besser being tied to the Devils. Like, what are your thoughts yeah, so on either of them? I'll tell you right now, it's not Garland. Like, I've, I've there's people internally. It's, it's not Garland. Not, it's not I'm Garland. With, I'm Besser, with yeah, Besser's I'm, being shopped hard, okay. and New Jersey is very, very interested. Um, 
Look, the Canucks. The what's the definition of insanity? I, I asked Neil this question. Sir. Well, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting it <laughs> on it too. What's the definition of insanity? Doing People have to remember, he's just also a diehard Canucks fan, so yeah, I feel yeah. like he definitely has a voice to this opinion. This young core, how many games have you watched this year? I watched I watched a handful. <laughs> this young core is not doing anything. They need to they need to switch things up. Brock Bester is the odd man out because they don't want to get rid of Pedersen. Why would they? Exactly. Why? He's a center. He's a center. That doesn't make it. He's a center. I mean, the the only reason the Devils haven't asked about Pedersen, other than the fact that he's not available, is that we already have our two top centers. We don't. We it's, as much as Pedersen's okay, a great. That, that was going to be one of my questions, Neil. Do you think that yeah. those two in a couple of years, if you're hopefully in the right direction, is mm-hmm. this your one and two center? Which question do you want me to answer first? Because you've asked. Because I'm trying to. Because you asked me also about the best. Center. All right. Crazy. Fair enough. Here's the thing. Jack Hughes, I don't think anybody has a doubt is going to be here long term. I mean, first of all, he did sign a long term deal, which doesn't really, which granted, considering what's happened to Jack Eichel, it does not really mean that he's going to be here the whole time his contract is here. Um, I was a little bit surprised that he signed as long of a deal as he did, considering the team hasn't at times shown the progression that we all want to see, where this team is getting better, getting to a potential playoff spot. With Nico Heischer, look, at the end of the day, as much as we hate saying it, there were several players that were drafted after him that have had, to put it to put it bluntly, a better career than he has. I mean, Nico has never gotten to the same goal and point total that he got in his rookie year, and uh, it's been a couple of years now. And now he's the captain, so that you know, and he's still pretty young to be the captain. He's learning on the job as he got the um, name. Which interestingly enough, today is the one year anniversary of him being named captain. So that was kind oh, of a fun fact that I didn't know about. But then you think about it, Kale McCarr went after, uh, Pedersen went after. Um, you know, luckily we didn't take Nolan Patrick and, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that his career has gone the way that it's gone, but I don't think he would have flourished in New Jersey. Um, but the reality is, is that do I think that Pedersen or Kale McCarr would have been as good as they are in New, if they went to Jersey? My answer is no, because this is a whole organizational issue not necessarily that Nico is not a good hockey player. Nico Gieser is getting, you know, very small but somewhat Selkie Trophy um, nominations. He's gotten a couple in the last couple of weeks because he's been that good in the defensive zone and being right. a good two-way player. I said before when we drafted him that his best comparison as a player was Patrice Bergeron, and if we could get a Patrice Bergeron-like player then we're, we're hook, line, and sinker. But Jack Hughes is definitely going to be here. Nico Heischer, I think the book in some ways is still out on him. I think it's just a matter of he needs to get his point total up. We need to get him some goal-scoring support on his wings. And I think once we do that, I think that goes from there. So that kind of leads into this. Uh-huh. The, the other question, uh, Hoppy, about Brock Besser. Look, first of all, I agree with Isha. It's not Garland. It just isn't because we like Garland. You know, a lot of speaking to a lot of Devils fans, we like what Garland brings to the table. The problem is, is that Garland has a ton of value considering what the Coyotes ended up getting for him in that deal. When and they, the Canucks I think they got don't the, want to move him. And the Canucks don't want to move him. I've heard, I've spoken to several Canucks, you know, people, and they said, "Look, we're not moving Garland. I don't know why this keeps coming up, but Garland's definitely not moving. We also just gave him a long-term deal. Why would we just give up on him? Not even a full season into Vancouver because so Jim we, Rutherford. Because Jim Rutherford." Well, actually, uh, Jim Rutherford is well, the one who commented on that on on was it Donnie and Dolly on the on uh-huh. check 
Czech radio not too long yes, ago. It was like it was like last week. Yeah, Neil knows he, he listens to Czech news of Vancouver Island. Come on, Hawk. Well, I mean, especially well, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. When we start, you know, when whenever the devils are involved in something, I try to listen to the other side as much as possible. So I try to look for things. So we try to listen to different things. I try to listen to different things because I want people to understand, especially when I'm on the podcast, look, it's great that we could talk about who are we willing to give up um, in a trade. The question is, what is Vancouver asking for? What do they want in return? And here's the thing. Here's the thing. People are talking about Vancouver's interest in Pavel Zaka. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell every Vancouver fan. No. He's not that good. I don't know what you think you're getting in Pavel Zaka. You're getting a very inconsistent player who's been in the league for seven, seven years already. And he just eclipsed 100 assists. So, so the no year. isn't no to trading him. The no is no, you don't want him. <laughs> That's the thing. If you want to trade, if you're willing to give us something for him, Canucks, we may not say no to that. The Canucks are only moving Besser for defense. Anybody well, that's right the now. Thing. Yeah. The reality is this. If Vancouver is, uh, and we're going to take it at face value with what Friedman and Sarah Valley said about Zaka and their, and Vancouver's interest, that in any deal, I've, I firmly believe that in any deal the Devils make, they're going to include Zaka. And because he's an RFA at the end of the year, he's not going to cost you a whole lot. And I know that the Canucks are trying to move salary, and I get that completely. I think that Dickerson would be involved in any deal that goes back to the Devils because, again, of salary and just trying to move pieces. And look, the Devils have a ton of cap space. $19 million right now. We're going to have nearly 30 going into the offseason once P.K. Subban's contract comes off the books, my favorite player of all time. So when you look at it, that's an inside joke between me and Isha. But I the picked reality- up on it without being part of the joke. Don't worry. <laughs> Fair enough. But you look at it, and I say to myself this. When I talk to Vancouver people, they're split down the middle with them. There are people that say we want to keep better. We we feel that he's going to be a part of this core. And then other people that said, look, he could get us some really good value right now. And the reality yeah. is, is that teams are also looking at this. Look at how he started the year. Did start well. But the minute that they moved on from Travis Green, brought in Bruce Boudreaux, he has gotten what? 17, 18 points since Boudreaux came into Vancouver. He's become a much you know, more consistent player that we saw before. So I think the reality is this. Vancouver's going to want a defenseman. It's going to be either Ty Smith or Damon Severson, probably Ty Smith because he has um, at least one more year on his entry-level deal, and he's right. a young defenseman that you can build that you can build with in the back end. Um, do I think that they would ask for another one of our top prospects? I think that there was a chance that they would ask for Shakir Mukamadulin, who we drafted in 2020. He's a, a young name. defenseman in the KHL, Whoa. one of the best names in the in in that draft class. I hope they I don't trade him, so I don't Isha, have to read that name. Isha, you said oh, yeah. that Vancouver needs defense, right? Yes. Can you guys imagine a world like it, how cool would it be to unite two brothers on a oh, team? It's never happened oh. in the NHL, but to have the Hughes brothers come together in Vancouver. That be would be that was incredible thing. because did you, you see right Luke's now, move in Michigan the yes, other day? I did. I, I watched it on TV. I watched it on TV. That's all we got right now. You have to understand we are so bad from the devil's perspective that we are just watching the Olympics and college hockey because that's all we got right now. Also, the Utica Comets, which uh, we thank Vancouver every day. Shout out to Utica Comets, yeah. yeah. And we hey, thank Vancouver way, every day. By the way, uh, the coverage, um, ESPN, uh, Utica, Rome Rain, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable oh, yeah. coverage of the Utica, Utica Comets there when they were the Vancouver Canucks AHL team. I connected with them a lot. 
the radio station there and their love for the Comets, it's it's second to none in, in the AHL. They're they're unbelievable. They're phenomenal. And they're having a phenomenal season. And I think that I do believe that Vancouver would also want to ask for potentially Luke Hughes, um, potentially Alexander Holtz. Um, and I don't think the Devils would move either one of those guys. I think yeah, that you're not moving I think here's the thing. Sarah Valley reported that the Devils have called Vancouver at least three times in the last four years about Brock Besser. So it's very clear that the organization thinks very highly of Brock Besser from the Devils' perspective. The reality is this. I don't think that the Devils are willing to give up either Luke Hughes or Brock Besser um, in a deal. I don't know if Vancouver is trying to sell low on, on Brock Besser. I they just can't resign him next year. That, that's just, that just I, is I, what I, it is. I understand I understand that, Isha, but you can't just make a deal to make a deal. You can't just get the bare minimum for Brock Besser this year and move on. I mean, that's just the way that I look at it. you got to at least try to get something out of it. What if that's you get the way zero out of it. it? What if you get zero? That's the thing. Well, if you get well, let's think. If you get zero out of it, then obviously that that's that's unfortunate. But as far from the Devils' perspective, Brock Besser is exactly what this team needs—a top six scoring for, scoring winger. Whether we play him with Jack Hughes or certainly if we play him with Nico Heischer, he's going to get better. And I think that we we did that. I mean, look, I would love Bo, Bo Horvat, but he's off the he's off the list. I mean, and he's the captain. Why on God's green no, 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 earth? Wait, 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 wait. Before he's we move off, not from, off. <laughs> I was just gonna say, I, I was reading today, Neil, this morning actually. Well, wow, my coffee. That I'm actually, listening. it was a really good piece on him, and I think it was the province here locally. That mm-hmm. he, because he's the captain and such the fan favorite and like the company man for the Canucks and the Aquilini's that mm. his name isn't being mentioned, but it absolutely should, given that he's not playing you know the best hockey these days for what vancouver expects him to play anyways his contract's coming to an end and it doesn't matter if he's a captain or or not he's a definitely an expendable player if the vancouver canucks want to move forward with pedersen and a jt miller instead of bo horvat so i do want to pivot from this vancouver canucks conversation as much as i love it here on the soda pod but i would say that if the new jersey devils are going to make a move and you believe that they are are you know, we are going to be buyers at the deadline, Isha. I will let you that know right okay, now. As okay. a team that is towards the bottom of the NHL, from my sources that I have spoken to, the Devils are looking to add a a score, a goal scorer, and a goaltender, and a goaltender not just for the rest of this season, but a goaltender for the future. Because we don't know if Blackwood is the guy at this point. We really don't, and it's unfortunate because he's still young, but because he keeps getting injured, and I blame the Devils for that. But because he keeps getting injured, we just don't know right now. And we need NHL talent goaltending right now. We, we don't have that really right now. I mean, we're playing John Gillies and we have a rookie. I mean, that's that's what we got right now. So I would say to a lot of people, do not be surprised if the Devils end up being more buyers than sellers at the deadline. Okay, you heard it. You heard it here from Neil. Check out his podcast if you want to hear more about rumblings uh, about the Devils at Devils State of Mind. Let's transition and talk a little bit Olympic hockey here as Neil on the Hockey Podcast Network YouTube channel. And for those tuning into the Soda Pod, you've seen you've seen Hoppy and I on the channel doing watchlongs. I did the Wild and actually Detroit watchlong earlier this week. What an exciting game that was! But Neil's been doing a ton of the Olympic coverage on the Hockey Podcast Network YouTube channel. So before we dive into just like specific questions that Hoppy and I have stemming off our conversation here, 
Overall, I know there was a lot of drama around this Olympics, around this tournament. The NHL players not coming, you know, seemingly last minute due to just COVID, due to just political right. reasons also, it being held in Beijing, China. But now that it's wrapped up, you know, the opening ceremonies, you know, last night, or sorry, the the, the closing, ceremonies closing ceremonies last closing night ceremony. after, the, after the gold medal game. <laughs> What what was your takeaway, both on the men's and women's side, from this uh, this year's Olympics? And I mean, yeah. you can go off on any you know individual stories or individual yeah. highlights from your time covering this tournament. I would say talking, you know, starting with the women. Look, um, you could start to see that there are other countries that are starting to get better at, at the sport from the women's side. You could start to see the competition. I think I was very much impressed with both Japan and China, especially in the preliminary rounds. Like they really, they really impressed me with how, with how, you know, they don't score a lot of goals, but they're very, very much a, you know, a tough team to face. And they definitely, you know, create a lot of really, they frustrated the hell out of the teams that they face. They frustrated the hell out of them. And I think that was something that really was taken aback. Finland, and he's just talked about this several times. Finland has gotten, he, you know, leaps and bounds better. I mean, they're I very, it, very Cody. good. That is, I called it. That is, <laughs> that's definitely a country that I could see competing to get into that whole discussion of, all right, well, who's going to be a potential dark horse to maybe sneak past the Canada or the United States, um, you know, for Olympic gold supremacy. Um, and then obviously you look at both the United States and Canada. Look, we all knew that that was coming. We knew that the gold medal game was going to be between those two teams. Um, you know, from just from an American standpoint, uh, I thought that I thought the United States would have a better uh, game plan based off of the preliminary game that they faced because what you saw in the gold medal game was very similar to what you saw in the preliminary round. The United States um, in the preliminary round game, they dominated. They, they were getting pucks to the net. They were creating so many opportunities. But the goaltender for Canada was just a brick wall, an absolute brick wall. And they ended up losing. And, you know, you know, the United States ended up losing that game. So I thought going into the gold medal game, they would have a better game plan. It was either that the United States didn't have a better game plan or that Canada just was that much better. I was so impressed by their defense. They just did not allow the United States to use their speed and create opportunities. They did give up that shorthanded goal, but they were, they were definitely, definitely on point. And, uh, Look, what can you say about Pauline? I mean, there's nothing oh. that there's nothing more that needs to be said other than she is one of the greatest women's hockey players we've ever seen. She I mean, may she may, you know, surpass Haley Wickenheiser as the greatest of all time. I think Haley Wickenheiser under uh, I think she knows that's coming too. I think she sees it the way that she's talked about Pauline and you think about it. Look how look how often she, look how long she's been a part of Team Canada. Look hey, at the amount of Olympics that she's been a part of. Neil and Hoppy, anybody listening? So she played U seventeen with the Canadian boys at that time and was second in the tournament scoring behind Jonathan Marchessault, another undersized quote unquote you know player. You know I say undersized because you know a woman yeah. playing in that that league at the, or that tournament at the time. And then right after this uh, Olympic tournament, she was offered an ECHL contract and instead turned it down and said, you know, instead of asking me to play and offering me a contract, do X, Y, and Z to promote women's hockey. And so I thought that was a pretty cool story too. I forgot what I'm actually, yeah, I'm glad that actually she turned it down because I hate saying this because I think this was somewhat of a con controversial topic, but I think that a lot of it was a, 
publicity stunt in my opinion. Oh, of and course. I think she rec- I think she recognized that. And I think she was like, well, I'm not going to, I'm not just going to do this. Um, you know, I'm not going to come in here and just try to be like that. I, I want this. I want the, I want the women's game to be promoted more. And that's why I'm glad about the, you know, premier women's hockey league, uh, which was originally the NWHL is now on ESPN plus and people are starting to watch it a lot more. It's important. It's very important that these women are getting recognized more for, you know, how incredibly talented they are. I mean, I think that that's something that, you know, needs to be said. And I'm not surprised that Pauline was the best player on the ice for that gold medal game. She did it badly. You could see it. And what was so interesting is that when she scored it, which made it uh, two to nothing in the first period, she didn't even have that much reaction. She was more like, relieved that she had scored and that you could see that she was just, she was just pumped up, you know, internally that she had scored. And I was just incredibly impressed. And, uh, you know, Canada deserved to win that game. They definitely deserved to win the game. I'm not surprised it was a close game. Um, I actually thought it was going to end up going to overtime or shootout because that's what we've seen in years past. Um, but I think overall the women's game was, uh, was good and it's getting better and people are starting to notice it more, which is good. Now, as far as the men is concerned, look, again, just like in 2018, we really don't know exactly who is the favorite going into it. I guess you could have said ROC considering the amount of talent from the KHL and former NHL players that they had, but I think it was more or less wide open. And that's the only thing as a hockey fan that's fun is that it was more wide open. We didn't have to, you know, with the NHL players, it was e- it would be easier for us to go, well, it's Canada, United States, probably Russia, and Sweden, that would have been like definitive, like top four. With this, it was like definitive, well, I guess we'll s- definitive top four. I think for most people, it would have been de- no respect top for four. Finland. Still, still no respect for Finland. Well, Finland would well, Finland would have been top five. If you want to go top five, then wow. it would be in the top five. I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that. But you got to look at this. what no respect you got. I know, I know, I know. It's it's unfortunate, but Finland earned a lot of my respect uh, in these Olympics, Doesn't and like that it. was without. That was without NHL play. Well, I'll get to the, I'll get to it, Javi. I'll get, I'll get, you know, you know, I'm building it up. I'm building up this weekend. Exactly. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll start with the United States perspective. Um, you know, they underperformed at the end of the day. Uh, we were very impressed with the fact that they went three and zero in the preliminary round and they looked like the team to beat going into the elimination round and they go up against Slovakia and, God bless those Slovakian people. They are such wonderful people. Um, they, you know, they just had a game plan that the United States could not figure out. And, uh, you know, you knew that in many ways from the United States perspective that something was wrong after Slovakia had tied the game with just seconds to play in the third period. It was like, all right, this is this is not going to go well. And once it got to a shootout, I mean, the shootout attempts were pretty, pretty pathetic to say the least. I mean, they were, they were not good. But... You know, it was another disappointing year where United States walks away with no medal and doesn't even get close to winning a medal. Um, you know, from Canada's perspective, it was the same thing. Yeah, they didn't I mean, do they much get, better. They got <laughs> shut out to nothing to a very good Sweden team. I will not deny it. Very good Sweden team. Um, does it, would it bother the United States and Canada that they lost to the two teams that played the bronze medal game? I think it would a little bit. Maybe from the United States perspective, you feel a little bit better that you lost to the bronze medal winners. But it was still disappointing nonetheless. Now, looking at Slovakia, again, 
you know, I interacted with a lot of Slovakian fans, a lot, a lot of them. Yeah. I mean, they came on Neil, for I was, I was the gonna game against the United States that I did. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, I, I, that was going to be one of my questions too, is like, talk about the Slovakian fans and just the hockey team. Because one of the best comments I saw on that live stream was, I was literally driving to work. I've turned around driving to the bar. Thanks for streaming this game. And I was like, fucking right. And apparently they partied hard, like like Finland winning the gold style partying, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, interestingly enough, the Devils have actually the most Slovakian players on their team. Uh, Christian Jarosz, Tomas Tatar, and Marian Studenich. And so we got a really good perspective from talking to them about how important it was. What people don't understand, and I mentioned it on the stream, that was Slovakia's first ever Olympic medal. Because remember, they yeah. used to be Czechoslovakia. Now they're Slovakia. Slovakia, that was the first medal they won. So for them, you could see how hard and how bad they wanted that medal. They played so hard. They were the better team in that game. And of course, finally got their first and only power play goal in the game that mattered, which I think was phenomenal. And talking about this kid Slavkovsky, seven goals in the entire tournament, which tied it tied in with Eddie Olchek for the most points in a single, you know, Olympic tournament in Olympic hockey history. This kid just upped his draft stock for this upcoming draft by a ton. I mean, he's gonna be a top five pick, certainly top ten. This is going to be a kid that a lot of people are going to be looking at to potentially draft next year. But talking about the fans of Slovakia, they, for some reason, the stream that they had didn't have, you know, shut off after two periods. So lucky us, they jumped on with us and were interacting with us the entire third period and shoot an overtime and shootout of the game against the United States. And even yesterday, doing the live watch long, eight o'clock in the morning for me, you know, Talking to so many Slovakian fans, watching that game, you could see how much pride they have in their country for being a relatively small country and how much it matters to them to win an important game like this against a super a hockey superpower in uh, in Sweden. It was a big, phenomenal win, and I loved it. I love these Slovakian fans. They are diehard hockey fans, and uh, it was a tremendous experience that I'm going to cherish for the rest of my life. Wow. Well, amazing. You did an amazing job there. And like Hoppy, I shit you not. Know, after when he was talking about when their broadcast cut, I was watching the stream, like it was on the background. I was doing I was doing whatever I was doing, eating dinner probably. And I watched and it was like 30 viewers, 70 viewers, like 180 viewers, and then just like Slovak, slow go Slovakia, <laughs> screw America, this and this and that, like going off, going off, and like Neil the pro that he is addressed every single comment and was yeah. still able to comment on the game. So uh, I'm glad you had fun, Neil, because it was a tremendous boost for the THPN channel. And I mean, I'm just so happy that these Slovaks got to get pumped and got to see some sort of game coverage. Yeah, it wasn't the actual gameplay, yeah. but you were giving them enough color to get them through it. And uh, overall, with yeah. those few stories there, it seemed like, though overall, I don't think the Olympics got as much attention, not just hockey but i think the whole tournament overall this year yeah um, i agree but i think towards the end with some of these stories especially on the hockey side it, it it at least brought it to light a little bit more and it got my attention anyways i would say the two sports that got the most attention near the end were hockey and uh figure skating because and obviously curling. With, and curling i will Dude, i will say the american I, I, can we talk about the italian curling team that like was shockingly good did it exist? I was, 
they, they apparently it does. I didn't know it existed either. To be yeah, honest I with you, no I watched three matches that they had, and they beat Norway in one match. They beat Sweden, which is legit. Said, which is like legit, and they also beat Canada. And I said, "Where on earth do they play curling?" And I realized that in Italy, you know, up north is where the mountains are. So obviously, I guess that's where that they learn. No, how dude, to, they all how, how they all live it. in New Jersey. I they was all just gonna fun. say Jersey. <laughs> they all live in New Jersey. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I live in Jersey. Right, fair enough. Um, before but, um, Isha goes full maple yeah. syrup, though, and talks about curling, I gotta <laughs> say that the the women's gold medal match absolutely Canada deserved to win, and absolutely Poulan was the best player on the ice. If USA doesn't just totally fold and cash in the first period, I think USA was the better collective team in the tournament. I agree. Out of the two, I agree. But they did not deserve yeah. to win because that first period was absolute garbage. No, and you could see how much it affected them being down to nothing after the first period because they were sitting there like that was a terrible period. And now we got to now against Canada, we got to come back from down two goals. Which to some to you know to if they were playing someone else, they might feel like okay, we got we you know we got a lot of time left to go. But against their arch rivals, I mean, it's just yeah. you knew it was tough, and you thought that when you know Hillary Knight scored that shorthanded goal late in the per- second period, you thought. That's going to be a problem for Canada because now they just lost all the momentum that they had. You could see how much how pumped up the USA was getting a shorthanded goal, but Canada refocused and played a great third period. And I think that the United States just flat out didn't deserve to win. They didn't play good, good, a good enough, enough third game. period, Neil. Good enough third period, Isha. Though I'll give total credit. Your goalie was phenomenal. She was out of this. Yeah, the goaltender was. If, if not for that goalie, it's it's absolutely USA. But her and Poulin, like that—that's all it took. And I was like, if there was like twenty seconds more left in the game after Amanda Kessel's goal, too, I would have been sweating a little more. But I think there's only like eight seconds yeah. left. So I was like, it was like twelve tough. seconds, yeah, 12. and there was yeah. no way so, that the United States was going to score. No, I know, but say say it was like twenty-seven seconds or something. Oh like yeah, that. then I would have been like, oh shit, I've seen this. You know, I've seen this story the funny, before. The I'm funniest just thing that going through hot dogs on the ice. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest thing to me was that when I saw that Canada missed the empty net. I flashed back to 2014 Sochi where the United States, if if you remember, had that two to one lead late in the third and the United States missed an empty net by like this much. And then Canada scored, forced it to overtime. And uh, obviously we know, we know the rest. And I thought about the same thing. Like, wouldn't it be crazy if the United States after that goes down, ties the game no. and comes back and wins it all. And that just wasn't the case. And again, and I'm I'm with Hop 100. Canada deserved to win that game. They were they they had a game plan that worked that they put into perfection. It was was very impressive. So, do you want to see NHL or NHL players back at the Olympics? Yes. Maybe next a time million, around. A million yeah, hundred percent. I love watching Olympic hockey with NHL players. And the other thing is this: look, and and here's the thing: the IIHF and the Olympic Committee know this. They know this. If the NHL players were there. It would have been probably the most watched sport at the entire Olympics. The amount of viewers that – because, again, the NHL would have been completely on pause and everybody would be getting up, staying up until 1 o'clock in the morning or getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning to watch one of their teams play. This would have happened. But Any because team be- play at that point, right? Because there's exactly. no NHL. Yeah. No, there's no NHL. You want to watch hockey? Well, watch the Olympics. That's what we had. That's what we would have had. And we know 
Because I talked, I've been on several podcasts where we talked about the teams that these countries would have had, the players they would have had. I mean, there was, you know, we were thinking about could Jack Eichel potentially his first appearance in hockey this year be at the Olympics? We were thinking about, you know, look at Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby playing together on the same freaking team. I mean, we were talking about those things. And unfortunately, because of COVID and other things like that, we were denied that. And I will be the first one to tell you that COVID was not 100% the, the reason why we didn't go to the Olympics. It is once again because the NHL does not make anything off of the Olympics. They don't make any money. They can't promote anything. They can't be involved in it. And that's something that has been in contention with Gary Bettman for a long time and why the World Cup of Hockey is potentially coming back. And because they care. control Yay. that. They control about the revenue. I know. Yay, I'm not. A, I'm not a big fan of it either because it's a I'm not, knockoff I'm not of the Olympics. Watch it. I don't care. What the fuck was that one team? North American young young. Hang on, no, no. Team North America was fucking sweet. That was oh, the shit. only saving grace. I mean, that was, so that was what we had. We had McDavid, Matthews. Um, oh my god. Well, was Jack Eichel on that? Uh, I think McKinnon, Eichel was on. Matt Murray, stud goalie. Matt and Murray was fluke. and they didn't win. Sick jerseys. Yeah, because they're young. They're inexperienced. Oh great young team that was playing with Tell me a that bunch wasn't of guys. Fun to watch. Oh, it was Dude, great. That, we, we, had a, a, we had a blast. We had a blast, but like that's what I'm saying. Tournament. It's just unfortunate that NHL players once again. So again, we got to wait now another four years and hope to God that you know we don't have to deal with another pandemic for a while. That we just have no issues. And there's nothing that can delay and prevent the players from going because I would say 75% of the players after the fact that they found out that the NHL wasn't going, we're still incredibly disappointed. And these are pe- these are players that also got COVID and are sitting at home and being like, no, I still would have gone. But I mean, also the rumor about the five-week uh, quarantine Not probably, probably would have just – probably – did not just said to the NHL, we're not doing this. Cause I, I said it before. Can you imagine if Ovechkin had gotten COVID while over there and had to quarantine for five weeks? First off, and Ovechkin not- will not ever get COVID. He didn't actually get COVID. <laughs> he, that was all he, a hoax. Oh, right. Okay. So he no, got put on the all, list. It, oh, happened yeah. to the all-star weekend. Who oh Ovechkin, no, I can't infamous, go to the all-star weekend. <laughs> infamous for being straight up fined and suspended for not showing up to the, the all-star game would use COVID. Like, come on. But anyway. I, mean, I respect the hell out of it. Brilliant. Oh yeah. No, I mean it's a good it's a good strategy. I won't lie. I mean it, it's just a good strategy. But I mean, look, I, I, to answer the question point blank, yes, I want to see NHL players back in the Olympics because yep. it, it's just that much better. Because then we're getting the best of the best from every single country. And honestly, and not to get political, and that's not the reason for this next statement of mine. No, but let's this bring it year, on. It's extremely political. This year in particular, I think Canada <laughs> needed something to come together for. Especially, I, I know Neil, you've talked about it even on your live streams, which how divided Canadians are right now with everything going on up here and how yeah. everyone's dealing with poli- the, the amount of people that ask me about the, the Ottawa, the Ottawa stuff is uh, well, it's not just Ottawa now, man. Like right no, down know, the street I, from my office, people are like, you know, pestering City Hall, like Nanaimo City Hall is going to have anything to do with you know Canada's policy changes. Anyways, what longer the short of it, I. Th- truly believe that sport brings people together even in a small window of time and i think if the nhl players were there there would have been more eyes more stakes more passion towards this tournament and maybe just maybe for like 
a 20 minute window after winning gold, you know, you could have grabbed, you know, your neighbor and been like fucking right. So we just won gold. Whereas this year it just didn't have any sort of vibe like that at all. So that, right. that was just my little piece. I was like, I wonder, I was thinking about the other, I wonder if NHL players were there, if our nation Canada, and I can't speak for the United States, but I'm here in Canada. If, if things would have even for just a, a very small moment in time would have been a little bit more brighter, a little bit more positive in this crazy day and age we're living. Yeah. In. It probably it probably wouldn't have been the same here in the United States. I mean, granted, you know, hockey is still, in many ways, the fourth most popular sport. Although I do argue that baseball is continuing to die, especially with the fact that they're probably not starting on time this year, or maybe they won't start at all. Who knows? I'm okay um, with that, but I'm actually okay with it too. But you can have the Blue Jays what, USA, by the way. We don't want them. Fair enough, but baseball's uh, stupid. In many ways, it is. In many ways, it is hoppy. No, in, but most, in most ways. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, you know, I, I, it would have been great. It really would have been great. Um, and I, and obviously, for selfish reasons, I think you know we we got a ton of views on the Hockey Podcast Network YouTube channel for the Olympics. Anyway, can you imagine with everything being put on pause and us just focusing squarely on that? The amount of more people that probably would have found hey, us. We'll find I mean, out World Juniors this summer, baby. Let's go. <laughs> if I could get a stream, I might be able to do it. I cannot guarantee anything. I'm not going to guarantee anything. Not like the last time. I'm going to try to see if I don't get screwed. We'll we'll see. Stay uh, tuned for that. Stay for stay tuned for that in the summer. Come Which on, ESPN. What, August? Get it together, ESPN. No, together. no, yeah, ESPN's like, oh, we'll just do one game a day. Cause to hell with you, and then they will be like an like fifteen minutes beforehand. No, we're gonna cancel it so you can watch uh, Mississippi State play uh, Butler in a basketball game that nah. most people don't care even, about. Even worse, Neil, they're gonna give us every game, but only Barry Melrose will commentate. Oh, <laughs> that would be I, I don't, I don't, I don't know about watch. Be, I don't know. That's tough. That would be a trip. That would yeah. be a trip. Oh, now, Neil, la- last thing here. Then you said you wanted to talk about the Wild. Just yeah, lay it on me. Contender, why or why not? Contender, yes. And I'll tell you why. This is one of the most balanced teams in the NHL I've seen. Um, You know, I did the live watch along of the Winter Classic on January 1st, and obviously they did not play well. It was not a good game. But what what blew my mind was they took that loss and they said, okay, well, we're just going to go off and win 10 plus and to hell with you people or win nine of your last 10. They they just decided, no, we're going to... Shake that off. It was a fluke. We're back. We're we're back to playing good hockey. I got to give Billy Garen, former Devil, by the way, ton of credit for what he's done with this, with this, uh, with building this team. I I still think that the Wild would be foolish to give up Kevin Fiala. I know that that's you know a, a question of look. If the Devils came calling, I, I would be all about from a Devils perspective. I would love to get Kevin Fiala because that just gives us another Swiss player that we are that that we just continue to you know have all the Swiss players on our on our team. That's one of our our goals as an organization to have every Swiss born player on our team. Um, That's a good point. That's a good point. The pro I I, I would probably go with Fiala right now because he's more, he's more NHL ready. Holtz. He still has a lot of, he he still has NHL ready. Yeah. I don't see why not. I really, I really do. He's fucking with you. He's fucking with you, Neil. I know he's doing it. He's good at this. He's really good at this. And I'm not the only one. No, dude, Nothing I might be the life. only one, right? But uh, you know, when I look at when I look at Minnesota as a whole, there's one thing that concerns me. 
And I think Hoppy brought it up and I was like in the background listening to it. Um, goaltending is still somewhat of a question mark in my opinion. And I think mainly because I think Kapo Kakinen is a guy you're going to have long term. That's just me. Cam Talbot, I, I don't really know. I mean, first of all, I will say this. The Minnesota Wild got the steal of the first round of last year's draft by getting Jesper Wallstead at where they got him. I mean, the and then Lambo were both steals. How yeah, Lambo was I, I know. It was just one of those things where I looked at it and said, you know, people were talking about Minnesota enough in that draft. And I said, can we talk? Like I said it on my podcast. I said, do you know how mad I was with the Devils having picked 29 and we were at like pick 18? And I said, you know, Wallstead hasn't been picked yet. Maybe the Devils should trade up because he's that damn good. And then, of course, the Wild took it and I'm like, we were so close. If Wild hadn't picked them, I guarantee you the Devils would have been the next logical team to take Wallstead. Well, no, but... the Oilers were the next logical team, but that didn't play out. <laughs> well, look what the Oilers did. That just tells you all you need to know right there how they felt about it. They were like, nah, to hell with that. Oh. But I look at Minnesota, and they are a team that – and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but I look at a team – I look at the Chicago Blackhawks, and I look at what's going on with Flurry, and I'm not saying that, that they should do this – but I do think that if Flurry is interested in coming to Minnesota to be that to be that number one, I honestly don't think that's a bad move from Minnesota's perspective. Because here's the other thing: Are you really going to have to give up a boatload to get him? I don't think so. Because Chicago's desperate. Okay, so here's what you do: you make it. You're you're gonna. What do you mean they don't need goaltending? Camp Talbot is is very inconsistent in my opinion. You know, I'd got, rather have Kakinen. They got Kakinen. We're good. Neil, but do you trust so both? Goal, do you trust both of their number one concern? Because my concern is, is that my number you, one... I, I don't know how you can win the Stanley Cup without having depth down the middle. And the Wild's best center is their third line center. Okay, so here's another. I mean, I don't, you know, because this is throwing me off because I don't know if you guys saw, but Chicago apparently is shopping Hagel. But I don't know if you saw the asking price for Hagel. Like they want a first and a top prospect, which I doubt what? that Chicago. I, I doubt, oh, I'm, I'm not kidding. Go look That's at Sarah Valley. He said it himself. He said it himself. And this is a guy who's just having a breakout year, but yeah. we know has not been he. But he is a good player for the bottom six. For the bottom six of Minnesota, that doesn't help. There are I don't want the bottom six. I need a I need a one or two center. <laughs> so look at it. So do you think Minnesota should call Vancouver about a million Besser? No, million percent. A, no, he's not a center. It's not they a should center. call about JT Miller a million percent. Yeah, I you know that's actually not a bad thing. I I know that Minnesota's been in rumors with a lot of different players from different positions. Whether it's offense, I think defense a little bit. Although I question why. I don't think they need defensive help. I mean, my dad you're, thinks they. Yeah, need, I was just going to say my dad, dad thinks okay. my dad thinks they need defensive help. I don't. Um, goaltending, you know, again. <laughs> I, maybe I'm just again. I, I don't cover uh, the Minnesota Wild. I don't watch them on a daily basis, so. I, I'm just, you know, I, I'm only looking at what I what I see um, okay. and what I've been able to watch at times. But I think overall, I would just say from Minnesota Wild, looking at them, they're a very balanced team. And if they get going at the right time, you know, late in the year, going into the playoffs, I don't want to face Minnesota in the play, in a seven-game series. I just don't. And I would say this. Nothing would make me happier to see the Minnesota Wild in the Stanley Cup Finals with that crowd behind them in, in game seven. I mean – that would be unbelievable. It's I mean, look, Neil wants them to get a center too. <laughs> I mean, we could obviously offer you Pavel Zaka who could play center. That's going to be a no. <laughs> he also they, could play the wing someone. as well. He's a multi, 
He's a multifaceted. Uh, they need more someone than we can who handle. is better than Erickson Eck. And that's that's how dare you, know. how dare you disrespect Erickson Eck. Erickson Eck oh is, is a Erickson Eck is a incredible third line center, just he's like the, yeah. best, the best third line center in the league. <laughs> I mean, he's still good. I mean, he's, we're not I mean, saying I, I that. He's still we're just good, saying, but I think that overall, what team, what team Neil hasn't won? He's has the won only a center. Cup. Yeah, what team has won a Stanley Cup without a top center? Zero. There are zero teams. So as much as maybe the Wild are the outlier here. It seems pretty evident that like they need depth or a, a, a top center. Do you feel that I'm asking you guys this question because you guys are obviously the experts when it comes to the wild. Do you That's feel bold. that it, well, it's, it's bold, but it's true. Do you feel that the Minnesota wild, would you be sad? Let me ask you this. Would you be satisfied if the wild did nothing at the deadline? Just tells okay me that they're that? not trying to win it this year, which is fine. Yeah, I, well, I would. So I would Hoppy, be okay. So Hoppy, other than okay JT Miller, who, who uh, other than JT Miller, Hoppy, who would you want to see? Who would you like to see the Wild try to go after? Claude Giroux, Tomas Hurdle, Joe Pavelski, JT Miller. I don't give a fuck. Get me a center all, that can all, play the guys Boldy and Fiala. Don't care. Out of Thanks. all those guys, I will tell you right now, the most likely player the Wild would get is Joe Pavelski. Because I love that. Um, Hurdle's probably going to sign a long-term deal in San Francisco. That's pretty much where we're at. Claude Giroux has made it clear to Philadelphia he wants to go to Colorado and nobody else. Unless I mean he might get I've a better deal. They might get. A, I mean, it just until the I'm Rangers going what swoop I, in. Oh, <laughs> uh, that would be I want uh, as a Devils fan. Nothing would make me laugh harder than to see Claude Giroux go to the Rangers. Nothing would make me laugh harder at Flyers fans to see Claude Giroux. The captain and fan favorite go to the broad go to Broad Street over Broad uh, go to Broadway over Broad Street. That is that would be great. But I think that, and I'll speak about this because I've said I've said this before. I also am a San Jose Sharks fan. I'll tell you this about Joe Pavelski. He is the greatest player when it comes to deflecting pucks in front of the net on the power play that I've ever seen. And he's a leader. And I think that getting more leadership into that locker room. Do you know where he's from? Do you know where he's from, Neil? He's also I, I know he well he went to Wisconsin so I'm he's assuming from he's from he's from Wisconsin that's what I thought yeah he's Which from in Wisconsin. the scope of the NHL basically means he's from Minnesota. Fair enough. So I mean look and he's also a really really good sentiment. He really is. He can win faceoffs and he could definitely be a guy that you stick on your power play. What, what's a face-off do a lot of Isha? I've never heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> but Joe Pavelski I think would be an excellent excellent and you don't and honestly I don't think you'd have to give up a ton for him either. I really don't because I don't know because we don't know what Dallas is trying to do at this point. I feel like they're in purgatory. Do they want to keep, do they want to keep with this core? Or do they want to try to start moving forward with, uh, you know, with, with other guys? I think that's definitely a question that still needs to be answered, but I, I like, I like Joe Pavelski going to Minnesota. I really do. I think that would be Love the it. best of the bunch Love of it. centers that you got it because again, leadership really consistent on the power play Guy can tip pucks like it's nobody's business. And also, I should add, he is a very physical player as well. And I think physicality to that top six, I think, would be massive. I mean, and you said it, probably the easiest to acquire out of the the entire bunch there. All right, Neil, we're just about out of time here. We're about to close off our first soda stream in a very long time. First of many here, again, every Sunday, um, if it's not a game day, 
We'll be doing live watch longs. I know it's like, or we'll be doing a live two hour soda stream, basically talk show, interacting with everyone, commenting, bringing on guests and streaming live for you here on the soda pod YouTube channel. We have watch longs, more beer content and a lot more videos coming out here on the channel. So subscribe if you haven't already, if you're listening back to the podcast and haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, jump on it. Just search the soda pod and if you've been tuning in on twitter uh you know we encourage you in the next one to jump on our youtube channel as you can't comment on twitter anymore we want to be interactive with you all here on the youtube channel so please subscribe the soda pod uh before we close out the show and let you go neil again plug away sir where can the folks find you what do you got coming up here on the podcast and the youtube channel thpn so yeah, well, first of all, again, as always, guys, thanks for having me. This, you know, I love coming on and hanging out with you guys. Um, you know, again, you know, two two plus years ago, this was the first uh, podcast of the network that I found and uh, interacted with, and you know, I got you know, you guys are the reason that, uh, and also Dylan as well, that uh, I got my opportunity to do this and uh, be a part of this network. But you can you can check out the Devil State of Mind podcast um, wherever you listen to podcasts. We cover all things New Jersey Devils. Um, you know, we, we have new episodes that come out every Monday and Thursday. So we'll have a new episode coming out on Monday. Um, and you can follow us on Twitter at devil state, Instagram at devil state of mind. And you could also like us on Facebook as well. And as always, I'm on the hockey podcast network, YouTube channel, doing live watch alongs of NHL, as well as international games like the Olympics. I try to do at least two to three streams a week. So I'll, I'll uh, hit up Josh this week and see what games I can, um, I can do, and uh, I'm looking forward to doing more as the year progresses, but uh, definitely love hanging out with you guys, and uh, hopefully some people here get a chance to check out the the uh, Devil State of Mind podcast, because there's a lot of similarities with regards to how the teams have been built, and history-wise, between the Devils and the Minnesota Wild, and, uh, and obviously, nothing would make me happier to see you two guys doing a live stream of game seven of the Stanley cup finals <laughs> when uh Kirill, the throw Kaprizov is scoring the game winning goal in overtime to give Minnesota its first Stanley cup in franchise history. So I'm looking forward to that one. And half of its residents, uh, a heart attack. Thank you so much, Neil on the other <laughs> side. We'll quickly wrap up the show here on the soda stream episode 248 of the soda pod hoops fans. Wow. Uh, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. Yep. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Do it right now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get 150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line. 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-79-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK 467369.
Neil Villapiano or Terry Ryan Jr. Jr. The man can talk, Hoppy. Wow. Love it. Incredible to first guests back here on the live soda stream here on the Soda Pod YouTube channel. Um, I know we're a little bit over, you know, the time that we kind of allotted for this, but we had to quickly, before we wrap up, talk a little bit at least, and we'll, we'll bring it over to the next podcast, of course, but about the beer dabbler, the weekend beer dabbler. Just uh, a few more words on that before we wrap things up as it uh, it was, from what I heard, an incredible Saturday at the Winter Dabbler. Yeah, I mean, anyone that hasn't experienced it, make sure you prioritize it next year. Um I don't know. Some of the people I was with complained about it being too cold. I thought it was fine as long as you dress accordingly. But literally just imagine like I think 120 breweries that have a tent set up with anywhere from two to five beers that they're pouring for you. You walk up with your little sample cup. They fill it up. You keep walking and move on to the next one and get in line. It's uh, a lot of fun. And of course, our boys at Back Channel had the setup at the very front corner. They had their own DJ on site. They were getting the party oh, going. Yeah. They were selling necklaces with snacks on them. They, they had everything going. Um, so obviously, always shout out to Josh and all of the crew over at Back Channel. But quite the spread. There, there was a chunk of breweries even that weren't from Minnesota. Not a big group. And they were the ones that actually cleared out the earliest. Soft. But man, it was across the board, just great experience. Um, Love to I, hear it. I don't know how else I can speak more fondly. No, that's amazing. We really appreciate everyone who went and supported. And uh, yeah, I know I said if it was if it was going to be canceled, it was going to happen in April when I was there. I'm I'm glad that everyone got to experience it this weekend and there was nothing interfering uh, with it or cause it to be pushed. Um, you know, we'll continue to connect with Beer Dabbler and pump up any of the events that they have coming uh, this spring, this summer as uh, as well, because everyone there is so much fun to interact with. And they do an outstanding job, as Hoppy just outlined. And that's going to do it pretty much for the show this week, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for those tuning in on Google, Spotify and Apple podcast on the audio side thanks to everyone tuning in live the few people who tuned in live we really appreciate it and uh, back here on youtube checking us out subscribe if you haven't already like the video it helps us out tremendously we will have more beer content more hockey content and of course every sunday barring game days which we'll probably do we'll be doing watch alongs we'll have two hours a two-hour show yes here on the soda pod youtube channel and we'll be featuring guests and all sorts of hockey talk and beer-related topics. On the podcast side, though, please, the best thing you do for us this week, any week, is to give us five stars on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Go listen to our website if you're Jones for more hockey content, or check us out on YouTube, the Hockey Podcast Network. And, of course, any of the podcasts you support on your app, please download the episodes before you listen, as it just helps our business. Don't forget to follow myself at VI Sports Talk on Twitter. You can follow Hoppy at State of Hoppy. And of course, the Soda Pod at the Soda Pod. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and of course, where you're watching us now on YouTube. Support the channel at Hockey Pod Net and our two guests as well, Devil State of Mind, as well as everything college hockey. Well, Hoppy, first stream in a long time. I'd say it was a it was a success no it was a success but next time i'm absolutely vetoing you and you say we're gonna wait an hour before getting into beer all right beer right off the beer, hop beer early beer early. beer early gotcha all right well with that being said folks signing off i'm isha drill alongside the state of hoppy this has been the soda stream presented by the hockey podcast network we good man we good 
Don't fear, just drink some beer, subscribe to the damn channel, and stay wild.